Welcome to the Sunday Morning Service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Jesus was justified in the spirit. That's the title for this morning's message or sermon. Jesus was justified in the spirit. The NIV or the other translations will say he was vindicated. Jesus was vindicated by the Holy Spirit. And the New King James Version the Bible puts it that Jesus was justified or he was justified in the spirit. Jesus was justified in the spirit. And uh, our texts are scripture from the book of First Timothy. Chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 Verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, Received up in glory. Received up in glory. In the next few weeks, we're going to take each of these one by one and do an exposition. Try to do an exposition on what the Bible meant by these profound statements. Today is Jesus was manifested. Sorry, it was justified in the flesh. Last week it was God, of, God was manifested in the flesh. Today is Jesus was justified in the spirit or vindicated by the spirit. Beloved, to justify, when we say Jesus was justified in the spirit, to justify or to vindicate is to prove that something is true. When you're able to prove or to show that something is true without controversy, without argument, without question, without any debate, it means that that thing has been justified or vindicated. Especially when other people think differently. 
when the matter is controversial or some consider it to be controversial and it is proved to everybody that it is, it is no longer controversial, questionable, arguable, then we say that the matter has been justified or vindicated. So when we say Jesus, when we say that Jesus was justified in the spirit or vindicated by the spirit, what we're saying is that, or the Bible is what the Bible is saying is that the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And therefore, He is God Himself. The Holy Spirit is God Himself. He justified Jesus, proved him to be right, proved all that is said to be true, and therefore shows us that all his promises are yea and they are amen. Just say amen. amen. This is a very important message because if the whole world and God wishes that the whole world will accept these facts. If the whole world will agree on these facts or truth, then God will be glorified in the world. But as, as, as things stand now, the only place where God is glorified and it is in the church. Because it is only the church, the universal church. When we say church, we're talking about the universal church. As you know, we have a, we have a local church like this church. That's a local church. Then we have a denominational church like FCAC, Prebi, Methodist. These are denominational churches. But we have a universal church that is made up of all the believers in the world. They form the universal church. Regardless of which local church or denominational church that you are in. Once you are a believer and you believe these things and therefore God knows you as a son or daughter, you then become a member of the universal church of God. Means that Christ has given you the right to become a child of God. And may God give Everyone hearing this message today, the right to become a child of God. Church, clap your hands for Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes an assertion. To assert is to state something clearly and firmly. To make an assertion means that you state something clearly and firmly. And you don't shift your position because you know the thing that you are saying to be true. And you cannot compromise on the truism for falsehood. You cannot give up on what is true and receive what is false. The Holy Ghost, God himself has stated or has asserted clearly that Jesus and all that he claimed to be are true. Without controversy. And this appears to be something that is hidden from many because they, they are not ready to accept. They are not willing to believe. Especially when there are mighty promises. 
eternal promises attached to these assertions or to these truths. God who does not want anyone to perish but wishes all men to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus is saying this. Through this pulpit to the entire world today, church, say amen with me. Amen. You see, no man, in fact, strictly speaking, no human being is in a position to say who Jesus is or who is not. Nobody. Nobody, no human being throughout the ages is ever in a position to say who Jesus is or who is not. Because man does not qualify. Man does not qualify in any way to delve or to go into these mighty things. These things belong to the realm of God. They belong to the realms of the spirit. And we as human beings, we just have to humbly accept what God is saying. It is not for us to debate or to question, to argue or ignore what God is saying. Because we are merely humans. We are just humans. One day we are flourishing like beautiful flowers. The next day we wither and fall away. But the word of God and God stands forever. Church, say amen. amen. Only God himself, only God through his spirit and through Jesus is qualified to say who he is and to make promises of eternal blessings. You and I cannot in fact, no man, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you live, where you come from, no man ever qualifies to say that, oh, this is what I think of Jesus. This is what I think of God. Who are you, man? Who are you as a man to delve into such mighty things? We only have to humbly accept what God is saying so that we may receive the promises that are attached to what God tells us. Church, shall we once again clap our hands for Jesus? And God, therefore, indeed, God indeed vindicated or justified Jesus Christ. He did. He did say so. God justified Jesus through his eternal spirit. And this is what we call divine vindication as to who Jesus is and as to his promises these belong to what we call divine vindication it is not for you and me to vindicate Jesus we don't qualify we don't come anywhere near John the Baptist said that Jesus who was coming after him was so much greater than he, John himself. And John was the prophet of Israel. All Israel went to him and he baptized them. And they believed whatever he said. The, bat, the, 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 the baptism of repentance. He said he was not even qualified. He was not qualified to unlace the shoes, the sandals of Jesus. So who at all can say who 
Jesus is and who is not. It is beyond us. God vindicated him through divine vindication. And just to give you a few, we cannot go into what we call the whole Bible, the entire word of God. The word of God is the Bible. The entire Bible is filled with proof from Genesis to Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is filled with numerous proofs about Jesus' identity, his identity, his promises, and what he came to do in the world. The entire Bible is all about Jesus. Because God wants you not to perish, but to receive his everlasting promises. When Jesus was physically in the world, when he was here in the world, on earth, physically, he's still with us, but spiritually, the Bible says that, oh, the apostles, that they had known Jesus physically. They had known him naturally. But after his ascension, now they don't know him physically anymore. They know him spiritually. He's here with us. And he is listening to everything that we are listening to now. And I, I believe that he's nodding his head in agreement because this is his word. Just say amen. amen. When he was here on the earth, when Jesus was here on the earth, he proclaimed that he was the son of God. He was the son of God. Which means that he was God and if he was God, then he is still God. Hello? Numerous times, almost always, he proclaimed himself to be the son of God. The son of God. That meant that he was God and is still God. And if he was God and is still God, then everything he said must be true. And for us believers... For you and me here this morning, you listen to me this morning. I want to, I want you to revisit, revisit Jesus, His promises, His ministry. Begin this morning, revisit, visit again. I know you've been there several times, but today, visit once more our Lord and Master Jesus. Remember his promises. That these are true. And it is then up to you to position yourself. Place yourself in a place where you can now receive the maximum benefit of his promises. Here in this life and after this life in the life to come. Because there are many Christians, there are many believers who are going about their relationship with Christ very casually, very superficially. Christ is relegated to the background, demoted to the background. Christ is only remembered when we have a need, when we are in trouble, or when we have nothing else to do or think about. That's when we remember him. But he says, 
You should love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Church, if you agree with me, say another amen. amen. Jesus proclaimed himself to be the Son of God. Which means that he is God. Not only that, but he has come to give eternal life to everyone who would believe in him. He has come to give everlasting life, eternal life, to all those who would believe in him. And this many find difficult to accept. In fact, they find it offensive. Not only do they not agree, but they even find it offensive. Therefore, the people of his days, the people of Jesus' days, and since then, countless millions and billions, up to now, up to date, have denied, they've denied him. They rejected that claim. They denied him. They refused to believe him. Not only in words, but ultimately to the point of him crucifying him, killing him. They denied him. They questioned his claims. Questioned him. Neglected him. And people are still doing that today. Even Christians who claim to be Christians by their lifestyle. By their lifestyle, without knowing it or knowingly, they are actually denying him. They are neglecting him. They are rejecting his claims. Because if his claims you believe are true, then you do all within your power. You will not rest until you have fulfilled his requirements so that you may tap, you may tap into his claims. It has worked for me and today may begin to work for you. In the name of Jesus. They argued against his claims. They argued against his personality, his identity, his promises. They even fought against him. They tried to kill him several times, a few times. Finally, they crucified him. But you see, church and all who are hearing me today, Jesus is truly the son of God. He's the son of, without question, without controversy, son of God. And because of that, because God knows how we humans are, that some of us, our hearts are hardened. That many of us who, even though we believe, we don't believe completely. We believe selectively. Our belief is selective. We select what we want to believe and what we don't like, we reject. So our walk with Jesus is superficial, is selective. It's not, it's not 100% complete. Therefore, the Holy Spirit had to vindicate him. God had to vindicate him. Prove, prove him right. Prove his claims. Prove his claims. And how did he do this? We just look at a few. How did God prove that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah? The savior of the world. And that all his promises are yea and amen. That those who believe in him, those who were found to be believing in him, will have attained to eternal life. 
And I know, as a doctor, I know that everyone will like to live forever. Everybody like to live forever. Even those who are people come to hospital when they are 200 years old. 200 years old and they are still spending money on medications. I don't know, I don't know how long they want to live. I don't want to live in this world for, for too long. When my time comes, I will, I will depart smiling, laughing. They will spend millions of dollars medications and doctors and trying to live forever. And yet, this eternal life has been promised easily that has been worked out for us. They reject it and they rather put their trust in hospitals and the world system. Let's all go to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3 verses 16 and 17. Matthew's gospel chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Matthew 3, 16, 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. The heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God. Now God himself descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. First proof, vindication. And this is what God's word is saying. And this word is true. At his baptism, when he came out of the water, the heavens were open to him. God, church, may the heaven be open to all of you. The heavens were open to him by God. And the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, descended, came down like a dove, physically like a dove, settled on him. Anointed him 100% with the Holy Spirit. And God the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. This is probably one of the most important times when the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit manifested in one place at the same time. I can't remember immediately any other time I will see, but this is notably the only time when God in his three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came together same time in one place. Jesus, God the Son, came out of the water. Holy Spirit came down from heaven as a dove. And God the Father spoke. All three together. Powerful vindication. Powerful justification. That Jesus is God. Jesus is the son of God. Church, clap your hand for Jesus. Not only that, but we believers, we are proof. We have proof. A practical proof that everyone 
Who believes in Jesus? Once you believe in Jesus, that means you believe in this. You are given, you receive immediately a measure of the Holy Spirit. You may not have the Holy Ghost descending upon you like a dove, hundred percent, but you receive a measure of the Spirit of God. Every believer, as many as believe in Jesus, have received a measure, a measure of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And then depending on your walk with God, God keeps adding to that measure. And today, as you hear this, may God add to that measure that he has already given you. As you prove yourself steadfast, convicted, devoted, God asks you measure by measure, little here, little there, until you become completely filled with the Holy Spirit. Hello? Clap your hand for Jesus. Note, everyone, not those, if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe in what I'm saying today, what you are hearing now, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Once you believe it, merely you believe, you begin to receive a measure of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of God enabled Christ, empowered Christ to live a sinless and perfect life. Second vindication. Second justification. The Holy Spirit empowered, enabled Christ, Jesus, while he was here on earth as a human, to live a sinless, a life without sin, and a perfect life. We live in a world today where there is so much depravity. The world is so depraved. The world is so perverted. There is perversion. Perversion all around. That not only are people not interested in the things of God, not only have they rejected Jesus, ignored whatever, but they have sunk so low Mankind has sunk so low that some of the things happening today, the the ears, the ears of the believer cannot cannot uh, accommodate. When you hear them, your ears cannot tolerate it. Like Bible said that Lot, when Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible said that righteous man. Righteous Lord, his soul was so tormented, <laughs> his soul was afflicted. But the thing that he saw, the thing that he heard, he lived in torments, he lived in affliction until God came in, delivered him, and rained fire and brimstone on the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, if you are a believer and you find everything in the world comfortable, you are happy with whatever is going on, then remember that probably you are not a believer. There's not everything that you should find accommodating. Especially when you begin to participate 
you begin to participate in some things that are being done in the world. And they don't prick your conscience. Your spirit is not, is not provoked. It's not tormented. Your spirit is not, is not vexed. There's, there's no vexation of spirit in you. But you spot as everything. You are happy with everything. Then, there's something wrong with you. Praise the Lord. One day I saw one of our members here. He's no longer with us. And I thank God that he's no longer with us. He posted something on a, as it WhatsApp or Facebook. And this young man dressed up like a, a rap music. What do you call it? Rap music? What? Rap musician. Those who are, what do you call it? Is it rap? What? Rapper. Hmm. They're like a rapper. And he was singing rap music. He was singing rap music. And he sang it so well that better than those who, better than the rappers. He was a member of this church singing rap, dressed like a rapper, and better than the rappers. And I said, I had to look hard to recognize him. Not only that, but another member also what, commented, comment. said, oh, oh, even Sarkozy will feel jealous. I don't remember I said this. If Sarkozy will feel jealous. And I think, I think when you go to somebody, uh, they can see that you are being to their page. Is that right? So I look at it for a time and he saw that I was looking. So immediately he deleted it. He took it off the, the, the page. If, if, you, if, if you was happy with it, why would he take it off the page? Because I saw it. I saw it. Beloved, even the way we dress... The way you dress, you know, in a, when we were we, if you put, if you wear trousers, and your trousers were torn, you don't want to wear them. But these days, you actually buy trousers and tear the trousers. You make holes in it and then put them on. Is that right? You buy brand new trousers, then use scissors or kitchen knife and make cuts in them. So when you are walking, they are seeing your knees, your thighs, your buttocks, everything. Then you are walking and you say, and you are happy with it. As a Christian. You don't come to church with it. As soon as church, before you, when you close from church, before you go home, you change at the filling station here into trousers with holes in it. Something wrong somewhere. Hello? Praise the Lord. Something wrong somewhere. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. Give the Lord a much better clap offering. I had a, I know someone who listened to one of my sermons and he said this to me. He said, hey, doctor, the things you say, if we are to come and preach in America, somebody might even shoot you. <laughs> I mean, if you come and speak this in America, somebody will shoot you at the pulpit. And they said, well, the only thing that might probably make them hesitate, the only thing that might save you they will see that you are anointed. <laughs> so they, if they shoot, the bullet will miss. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because one of the things that I say here, like I said, even Christians elsewhere may find offensive. They say, nah, nah, this guy, nah, 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 he's crazy. I mean, he, he, might, he might be crazy. I mean, he, 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 he's crazy. He's a crazy, crazy guy. You know. <laughs> that's how they, that's how they come. But I'm speaking the truth. 
I'm not crazy. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not beside myself. I'm speaking the word of preaching the word of God. I'm preaching Jesus Christ. Just say amen. How about two hands for Jesus? So, what we say that the Spirit of Christ vindicated Christ. The Spirit of God is also the Spirit of Christ. Vindicated him. Vindicated him. He was able to live a perfect and sinless life. In much the same way, he, Holy Ghost, helps us in our weaknesses. Holy Ghost helps us in our weaknesses. So when you're a child of God, you see something, like I said, which is obnoxious, something that is not right. Immediately, you feel there's a vexation in your spirit. You don't feel attracted to that thing. You don't see that thing enjoyable. You don't see something, oh, this is something that I have to do. Hello? Praise the Lord. Either I see, you know, I watch television, and even in churches, I see some, some of you young women, um, I see your, I see some of them. Their their hair, some their 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 hair is green. Did God make anybody with green hair? Oh, did God make anybody with green hair? Your your hair is either uh, black or blonde or whatever. And then as you grow old, like when you become gray, that's all about twenty-four year old woman, green hair, red hair, yellow hair, Ghana flag hair with black star in the middle. Is it, is it possible? And it's happening in the churches now. Churches now. All kinds of fingernail extensions. As long as three feet, four feet extensions. Painted with all kinds of colors. That's not how God made us. That belongs to the world. That belongs to the world. And you cannot say you are living a sinless, perfect life. If your fingernails are so extended that we cannot we cannot even touch your hand. Praise the Lord. Because the anointing will not flow, flow through your fingernail. The anointing wants to touch you, not through your fingernail. Child, do you agree with me? Then say amen to that. So watch your fingernail extensions. Clap your hand for Jesus. The Holy Ghost gives us the same power in our weaknesses. You may want, Oh, this, but in you front, you know, don't go there. My daughter, don't go to my son. Don't do it. He helps in our weaknesses. Now, John chapter 8. John's gospel chapter 8 verses 45 to 47. John gospel 8. Yeah, this man said to me, hey, doctor, I think you say if you, if you are to preach them in a church in the US, they, 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 will, be, they will disagree with you. Because now the world, especially in the developed Western world, have come to accept the world. The church has come to accept the world. So much that now, some things they don't find offensive anymore. But John chapter 8, verse 45 47. John 8, 45 47. Jesus said, But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Verse 46. Which of you convinced me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Because you are not of God. 
Remember what I'm saying now, like I said, not all will agree with me because they are not of God. But if you are of God, and if you want to be of God, then believe what Jesus is saying. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember that our righteousness as believers does not come from ourselves. That's the thing, one thing you need to remember. Our righteousness is the righteousness of God. Only God is righteous. Therefore, Jesus lived a sinless and perfect life. No human being by ourselves or by himself can live a sinless and perfect life. But we have been justified. Again, you have been justified by the Holy Spirit. In that you have been given righteousness that comes from God. And when you have been given this righteousness, your only, the only thing you have to do is to be a worthy custodian, a worthy reward of this righteousness. Don't joke with it. Don't play around with it. Don't lose it. Don't compromise on it. Because not all have this righteousness. Our righteousness comes from God through Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. Just say amen. amen. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verses 22 to 25. Romans chapter 4, verses 22 to 25. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness, verse 22. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him. Who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Who are delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Abraham believed. Bible here begins talking about Abraham. Abraham believed. Believed what appears to be unbelievable. <laughs> Hello? Abraham believed what appeared or what would have appeared to most people as unbelievable, as ridiculous. Abraham believed simply because it came from God. And in doing so, it means that Abraham now believed in God. Abraham believing in God's word means that, meant that he believed in God. And God therefore gave Abraham his righteousness. It was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. The Bible makes it clear that it was not written for him alone. This did not apply to Abraham alone. But also for us who believe. In the same way as he received the righteousness of God, if you also believe, then we also receive God's righteousness. And church, may you all receive and maintain God's righteousness today. Amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. And one thing that we need to believe, one thing that you and I need to never forget is this. Verse 25. 
Bible said that he was delivered up because of our offenses. In other words, he was killed. Jesus was crucified to take away our sins. We all know that. But it didn't end there. And he was raised because of our justification. So there are two things. He was killed because of our sins. Took away our sins. But I didn't stop there. Now, his resurrection and ascension granted us to have the justification, the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Therefore, as a believer, in fact, when you're facing challenges, the enemy comes to you. One thing you have to do, tell the enemy, tell that problem, tell that challenge. Did you not know that Jesus was delivered from my offensive, my sins? There will be no other way. And that he was raised. Resulted for my justification. Therefore, I'm, I'm justified. I've been vindicated. I am righteous. I've my righteousness from God. Therefore, you cannot touch me. You cannot touch my, my business. You can't touch my children. You can't touch my life. You can't touch my pregnancy. But this pantomime that come from your from your lips. You it must come from your heart. You must be living that life. Then when the enemy sees that you know who you are, then he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Clap your hand for Jesus. But if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are, then you don't know who you are. You want to attack somebody and the person is maybe he's the president's son. You see him at Mamesa Kunde. And you feel like you said, hey, don't you know who I am? I am your president's son. And he has something to prove it. Do you think I'm going to slap the president's son? They will, they, will, they will haul you to B and I and give you identification haircut. You will never forget. Hello. Praise the Lord. Clap your hand for Jesus. You all remember many years ago, I can say that many years ago there was this, this young man who was courting. He was courting the president's daughter in courtship. And I think he wanted to break, break that courtship. The whole president's daughter, you are courting her and you want to, you want to, you want to jilt her. Don't you know you are courting the president's daughter? So he, he jilted a, a girl. And I think the girl went and reported to the parents. So they, they came and took this boy. Uh, and for about two weeks, uh, uh, parents, his parents didn't know where he was. And when they found him, he had an identification haircut. <laughs> and, uh, and all that. I mean, you cannot go and court the president's daughter. And then when she's announced, my child. Can, do you think you can do that? Once you get in there, you are, you are in there. Praise the Lord. You are in there for life. Praise the Lord, though. You can't come and call my daughter and date my daughter. I'll be very angry with you. And I'll pray dangerous prayers against you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> so, declare who you are. You have been justified, vindicated because of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might become the righteousness of God 
made him in Christ Jesus. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, the Spirit of God vindicated or justified Christ Jesus by giving him the power to do the mighty works of God. Gave him the power to do the mighty works of God. Remember that no man, remember, no man, no man can do the work that Christ did. I want to teach, I want to tell you something today. Maybe if you didn't know, there's no man who can ever do the mighty works that Christ did. It doesn't matter how anointed anybody is or claims to be, don't expect too much from that person. That person is not God. He's not Christ Jesus. He gave, uh, when he ascended to heaven, he gives gifts among men. You're also a man or woman. Nowhere near Christ. Even John the Baptist said, he's nowhere near Jesus. No man can ever do the way that Christ did. When I was in Bible school, students used to say that, oh, Jesus said, greater, greater works can we do. No. We cannot do greater works. Nobody can do anything anywhere near what Christ did. Much more greater works doesn't follow. Church, are you with me? So, if anyone, any man of God, it doesn't matter, claims to be able, I can do this and that and that and that and that, he's a false prophet. He's a false prophet. In fact, next week we're having a, a miracle service. And every time we come before God like we are now, I, I tremble. And I ask God to, to use because uh, it is all by myself. I have no power of my own. And I wonder how God is going to use, use what He's going to use me to do. And I, I tremble. Tremble for yourself that God will use me to meet you at the point of your knees. But I don't come and, and start bragging, boasting, claiming I can do this, I can do that just to raise myself, make me feel powerful. No. No man should be able to do that. Not now, never in history, and never in the future. Remember that. Don't forget that. Praise the Lord. We must become righteousness of God in him. We are only in him. Not by ourselves. John 2, 11. John 2, 2 verse 11. John 2, 11. John 2, 11. John 2, verse 11. I'll come back to this point. John 2, 11. This when Jesus made water into wine in Cana of Galilee. Bible said, this beginning of sign Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. It was to manifest his glory and they said that the disciples might believe in him. John 10, verse 25 28. John 10, 25 to 28. John's gospel, chapter 10. Verse 25 to 28. 
Jesus answered them, I told you, and you don't believe. The word that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Verse 28. You give them eternal life. It may sound very simple, very easy, but that is the fact of the matter. Hallelujah. Hmm. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts for the Apostles 10, 38. One of my favorite speeches, uh, as you all know, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Just say amen. amen. Now, for you and for me, this is what Jesus promised. For you and for me. And we shall be content with that. Because we are believed. Because we believe, Jesus gave us this promise. Now, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts 1 is, but you shall receive power. Just say, I shall receive power. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. These are promises that, these are for you and for me. Now, Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Mark's gospel. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Judge, is that in your Bibles? And these signs will follow those who believe. That means they will point to the Father Jesus is true. A sign is like a signboard pointing to a true thing. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said that they will, they will pick up serpents. Doesn't mean that you go and catch a cobra. You go and look for a python and try to catch him. No. When we lay hands, when we're doing deliverance, when we're doing deliverance, and we're casting out demons. We lay hands on, peop- on people, not on a person being delivered, but the demon. We have no idea who we are touching. We have no idea who we are touching. Yesterday I heard that there was a certain man who, had a, he wasn't a believer, but when he was about to die, he began to see dwarfs in his bedroom. And 
he saw one of the dwarves as a a man, a short man with horns. He has horns and a tail. Red eyes. Church, if you saw a man, somebody with horns, red eyes and a tail, would you go and lay hands on touch that person? No. In fact, if you like, you flee from him. I was like, we shall, we shall pick up serpents. These are serpents. They are deadly. They are deadly. They are dangerous. And yet we touch them and we, are, we do, we, and we are not hurt. One day I was doing deliverance. I, I laid hands on somebody. I think it was in, I don't know where it was about. And when I touched the person's head, the demon said, oh, you are, you are touching my feet. I said, what do you mean? So, out of curiosity, I bent down and touched the person's feet. You are, are not touching my head. I said, what do you mean? How come your head is your feet and your feet are your head? He's a, a demon that walks. You know, some of them walk upside down. They walk upside down. Their legs are in the air and they walk on their heads. And yet, we pick them up and we are not hurt. Church, may God do so for you also. May, do, may God do so for you also. But don't be frightened. You pick up serpents. And if you eat it, you drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt you. Doesn't mean that you go and drink DDT. But if somebody put DDT in your food, don't know you will drink it and it will not hurt you. But if you yourself go and put DDT in your soup or in your tea, you drink it, you are tempting God. You will die. You will die. You will die a foolish death. Praise the Lord. Clap your hand for Jesus. These are promises. But I notice this thing. Let's go to John 13, 16. John's Gospel. Chapter 13, verse 16. John 13, 16. John 13, 16. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Let's go again to Matthew 10, verse 24. Matthew 10, verse 24. It's the same thing, but you are put in a different way. Matthew 10, 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, but a servant, nor a servant above his master. Matthew 10, 24 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. And then Luke 6, verse 40. Luke 6, verse 40. Luke 6, verse 40. Luke 6, verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. What is Jesus saying here? He's teaching us something. And I said before that, no one can do the work that Christ did. Beloved, it is wrong for any minister, any man of God to try to equate himself or his works to, the work, to what Jesus did. We are disciples. We are servants. We have a master. God himself. We are just following him. So there's no way we can be equal to him or even above him. So when you, when you come to me, I don't pronounce the blessing. I pray to God that God will bless you. 
But it's up to God to bless you. It is up to God to bless you or not to bless you. So if the blessing doesn't come, don't blame me. Praise the Lord. Hello? Begin to blame yourself. Begin to search yourself. Begin to examine yourself. Now, I pray for God to bless you. God hears it. But God has the power to decide whether he will bless you without blessing at that time or in the future. But if you don't see to see the blessing, don't say, oh, I was trying to come on here, Pastor Uncle Nadia. No, no, no. Because the blessing ain't come from me. A disciple is not above his teacher. But anyone that is perfectly trained, even when you are perfectly trained, you can only be like, not equal to, like. Hello? And I'm very much aware of this week we are having a miracle service. And like I said, I tremble before I come to them. I tremble when I'm coming for a miracle. I don't know what God, what God will do, but my fear that God will bless you. Next you may God answer all your problems. Hello? Hello? Because of my concern, my love for you, I labor in the vineyard of God. But I'm not God. Even at the point of being perfectly trained, I shall be like, not equal to, like. Hello? Clap your two hands for Jesus. Is that clear to all of us? So don't expect too much from me. Let all your expectations be from God. You are allowed to expect too much from God, but not even the least from your pastor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Finally, the Spirit of God justified Christ by raising him from the dead. Raising him from the dead. You see, Christ as a man, Jesus as a man, men killed him. Remember this. Jesus, as a man, was killed, crucified by men. And he died because he was 100% human. But being God, the Spirit of God proved his claim by raising him from the dead. Two contrasting things. People saw him as a man. They didn't, and even now, people see him as a man. They don't see him as God. So they crucified him. And he died as a man. But because he is not man but God, God came in and through the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead and seated him on the right hand of God. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Sorry, Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Romans 1 4. Note all these scriptures down. There are many, but note them down. They will help you Especially when you have to discuss these things with somebody. Or even your Bible studies with somebody. Romans 1.4 And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So his resurrection proved his claims. The fact that he resurrected shows that he is the son of God, that he is God. And declared to be the son of God. Declared to be God. With power. According to the spirit of holy. By the, by the spirit of God. By the resurrection from the dead. The same way. You and I. Do you believe that we shall also. Be resurrected. 
Oh, do you believe that you shall be resurrected? Do you believe in that? Yes, I do. You must. And because Bible says he the first fruits. He the first fruits. He came as a man. We we came as men. He died. So we shall also die. He rose again. We also rise again. And after that, you can't die twice. You can only die once. Rise again. That is it. That is it. So what do I say about what about Lazarus? Lazarus was raised and uh, uh, he died. No, Lazarus uh, raised was not his, it wasn't a resurrection. Lazarus being raised from the dead was not a, was not a resurrection. In fact, he was resuscitated. It was a spiritual resuscitation. His, his life just came back. The same life that he had before came back to him. He didn't, he didn't come out with a glorified body. No, he came as Lazarus. As he was before. Dorcas was not resurrected. Her spirit just came back to her. She rose up as Dorcas and continued to age. Grow until she died. And then that was it. So, that was different from the resurrection that we're talking about. Resurrection means you come back to life with a glorified body. Then after that, heaven. Not to live here on earth. After that, heaven. Just say heaven. Praise the Lord. So, remember that, that difference. That is the difference. Amen. And Ephesians chapter 1, 19-22. Ephesians 1, 19-22. Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that he named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. Said, no verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. To the church. Say, say, say to the church. Say to the church. Say to my church. Praise the Lord. He put all things under his feet. Given to be head of all things to the church. The church. So don't joke with the church. And if, if all these are to the church, that's why you must as much as participate in all church meetings. Make sure every blessing in the church, you know, falls to you. Make sure that Christ, who is the head of the church, everything I did was for the church. And you are in the church, don't joke with it. Take it seriously. First Peter three eighteen. First Peter three verse eighteen. First Peter three verse eighteen. For Christ also suffered one for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. We are made alive by the Spirit. So the Holy Ghost vindicated Christ by raising him from the dead. But being made alive by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. 
And then finally, John 11, John's Gospel 11, 25 and 26. John 11. John 11, 25 and 26. You can read these scriptures again at home and meditate on them. John 11, 25, 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Child, do you believe this? This is a mighty promise that many find difficult to accept. Though all want to live forever, yet the answer is there. They believe in Jesus. And you shall live. You may die physically, but you don't die. You go on. You go on. You keep living. It's your body. Your body does like that. Those who have testified, they said they saw, they saw themselves leave their body. They were sick, then they saw themselves leave the body. And then they saw the body lying down there. And they saw their mother crying, father crying, and they, they were just being lifted up. And the body was there. They could see their relatives crying. But they couldn't talk to them. They couldn't touch them. And they were gone. The body becomes lifeless. Yes, once you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life already. You don't die. When the time comes for you to put down this vessel, this body, the body lies down, and you go. A time comes when this body becomes uninhabitable by the Spirit of God. You know, we have the Spirit that keeps us alive. Your Spirit is what keeps you alive. And God made your body to be the house, the vessel for the Spirit, for your Spirit. Comfortable. Your brain, your mind working well, your kidneys are working muscle, liver, everything working very well. That's how God made us. Now, at the end of your life, as you grow old, so do the, so does the body. Everything inside the body grows old. As the wrinkles appear, wrinkles also appear on your liver. Praise the Lord. But you cannot see. Hello? Uh, what else? As, as you grow, as your hair grows gray, as your hair grows gray, so also are your kidneys becoming gray. Hello? When I was a young man, I had bushy hair. Oh my, I was like Absalom. When I cut my hair, I, weighed my, I used to weigh my hair. And I used to weigh five shekels. But now look. Now look. So as my hair is growing thin and I get bald, so are my intestines also growing bald. Praise the Lord. The time will come when the spirit is over, this is not how God made this body. This body is now, it has, it is now served its usefulness. It has lived for 120 years now. Uh, it, it's finished. So now, the spirit will now leave. Because that's not how, where God wants it to be, to leave. Then the body will go down, grave, begin to rot away. But you yourself, that's your spirit and your soul, will continue to live on. You live on. You live on. These are free. They don't grow old. They don't grow old. Hello? Somebody comes to hospital, sick. When the body is sad, the spirit cannot no longer live in that body. The spirit will leave. The body is now uninhabitable. The body will leave. I have seen a young man who was at Mana Machine Hospital. A young man. About 25. He came to hospital. And the sickness was sad that he would not die. He shouldn't die. But he died. On the world. So they called me. As soon as he died, they called. There were many people in the, on the world. 
they saw this young man die on the wall. They called me and I look at the at the about 25 years old, at most 30. And I said, No, this body is healthy. His mind is okay. Everything is why should he die? But he was dead. So I began to do what we call resuscitation, CPU, cardiopulmonary uh, resuscitation. All the patients were watching to see whether I would bring this young man back to life. God, they saw him dead. And I began to do what I had to do, oxygen, adrenaline, this and then Within five minutes, the man just woke up. All the patients fled from the world. <laughs> they fled. <laughs> Hello? They fled. Because I said, this body, the whole, the, his spirit can still be in that body. And I knew that if I tried hard as a doctor, I can revive him. And I did revive him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But I was in Nigeria when there was a, a guy they called a shoemaker. He was a very popular guy, shoemaker, in the town. And he, 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 was, he had a motorbike and had an accident, shoemaker. And he didn't have a helmet on. So he hit his head against a stone and the head was split into two. All his brains came out. And they brought him to me in the hospital with a brain, brain out. And I began to do CPU, trying to revive him. And my boss came and said, Doctor, what are you doing? I was a young man. He said, Doctor, what are you doing? Do you think this man can live with brain, brain out like this? Because in this case, he cannot live. His injuries, we say that his injuries are not compatible with life. So just sign, you know, sign him dead. Just certify him dead. He was a young man, but all his brains were out of the head. So there's no way there's, the spirit that keeps alive can, can live in a body with no brains. So, and now I, I was foolish, foolish, thinking I could revive him. How can I revive someone who had no brains? But my boss, who was a senior about my age, he came and looked at me and said, Doctor, what are you trying to do? Are you a fool? Look at him. Look at the head. Now, so thank you, sir. Sorry, sir. So I just certified him dead. Hello? Eternal life. Eternal life is there for you and for me. The moment you become a Christian, a believer, yes, your book is written in the book of life. Your name is there and you have eternal life. Check, clap your hands for Jesus. Praise the Lord. And that's why when I, the day I leave, no one should cry. Because while I'm, while I'm laughing in heaven, I, I should be crying here. I'll be smiling in heaven. And I pray that uh, my wife and I think I should go first. If you are the men go first, not so. Uh huh. Because the women, it, it, when the women go first, the men don't, they don't last long. Oh, it's true. I, 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 one of my boys, a colleague, one of the doctors, it was a specialist. His wife died first. And the man who was a nice man, you know, suddenly became depressed. And within two months, he also followed. But when the husbands go, the wives are able to live and even to remarry. You see, that's why the Bible talks about widows. We let the widows marry. But the Bible doesn't talk about widowers marrying again. <laughs> it's not common the Bible says widower, your wife has gone to so marry again. And you may let me give let me give you a piece of advice. When you have lived with your wife for so long, and if your wife should go before you, give her the honor, don't marry again. Praise the Lord. Hello? Bible talks about widows marrying, not widowers marrying. Because the woman that you go and marry. Be different from the wife that you married before. You'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. Hello? 
After all, how can you go and marry a girl when you are 75 years old? A man, 75. Chad, do you agree with me? Can a 75-year-old man fall in love? Yes or no? 75-year-old man fall in love? Anyway, Abraham married again. And Moses also married again. So maybe you are right. <laughs> At least, do your, do your wife that honor by honoring her by staying single until you join her in heaven. But the women are allowed to, uh, to remarry. Praise the Lord. Conclusion, 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 12 and 10. 1 John 5, 10 to 12. 1 John chapter 5, 10 to 12. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's the testimony. He who does not believe this makes God a liar. If you don't believe this, you make God a liar. God, this is what God is saying. So if you don't understand, they are saying, God, you are a liar. And he who believes in God, you, have that you know, you know that you have eternal life. You must know. You are a testimony yourself that you have eternal life. No one needs to tell you. You know it. And then you tell others. And try to convince others. Finally, John chapter 6. John's gospel. Finally, finally, finally. John chapter 6, verse 40. John 6, 40. 44 and 54. John's gospel, chapter 6, verses 40, 44, and 54. Verse 40 says, And this is the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Mighty promise. Now verse 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Church say, Amen. So Jesus was indeed justified in the Spirit, vindicated by the Holy Spirit. Say a better amen, church. Amen. So whoever you are, doesn't matter really, wherever you are, whoever you are does not matter. Wherever you are is immaterial. What matters, what is important is that believe today's word as you may live forever. Believe in Jesus because in him and in him only is eternal life. And these are claims that you don't need to reject because they are, they are easy. Christ has worked it out for you. You don't have to work for it, pay for it. Just believe and that is it. I have believed and millions with me throughout the 
ages. Believe today and we shall also be a child of God. Amen. you for joining us for the sunday morning's bible study and sermon we believe you have been blessed by the word join us same time next sunday and have a blessed week